Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable. Got a, another really good Q&A today, and also here with Brevin. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? So I'm really hoping this new audio setup works okay, because and you guys will have to tell us later if this sounds like complete garbage or if it actually sounds good. Um, but we're, we're just kind of sitting, we rearranged some things and now we're just kind of sitting out on our couches out in the living room and, um, have the mics that way we actually can like look at each other while we're doing this instead of like doing it over zoom. <laughs> yeah. And we really wanted Kitty to be more involved, I think is what it came down to. She's right here helping us record. Yeah. She really doesn't like when we like try to like shut off our rooms to like record on zoom and such. Cause then she doesn't like any closed doors. Yeah. It's her house. We just live in it. Yeah. It's her world. We just live in it to be honest. <laughs> and she lets us live in it. I yeah. should say. Yeah. <laughs> when she wants to. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Well, let's uh, dive on in here. We got a lot of really good questions. And as we mentioned uh, before, guys, we're going to try to keep this episode, these episodes, the Q and A's down to about 30 minutes or so. Um, so we'll see how many of these we get through. Um, but if you guys have any other good questions, make sure to let us know, um, either put it down in the show notes. There's a link down there that you can submit your question or even just shoot Brevin or I a message. Our social media links are down the, um, down the show notes as well. But these, we got some really good questions today. I think so. So first, this is kind of a bigger question. I feel like this one's going to um, take up a lot of the episode, I think, because this is a really good topic that both of us are very passionate about. Um, someone asked, if I struggle with binge eating and it's the only thing holding me back, what tips or methods you can use, what tips or methods could you use to help me to get through that part of my journey? I really like that. Yeah, question. I think this is a really good question. And I'm going to let you take this to start because we, we were kind of talking about the show. We have really four ways we each see binge eating happen. We talk about them slightly differently, but in all reality, they're pretty much the exact same thing. Um, just the way I think they kind of work through our mind, maybe work a little bit different. Um, but the overarching themes of all four things are the exact same. Um, so I'll let you take it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the first one that always comes to my mind is like, what are you restricting yourself from? Um, and I know this is kind of like where you had mentioned, you know, before where our you know, this is kind of where we break things apart a little bit. You know, I consider under eating and restricting certain types of food groups, like as two different categories, but we can kind of talk about them together as well. Um, you know, anytime someone is binge eating, the first thing I say is, are there any foods that you don't allow yourself to have? Like, are there certain foods that you feel like you just cannot eat without getting yourself into trouble? Like, you know, oh, anytime I have cookies, it's a, it's, it's, and like, I'm just going to binge on a ton of them. Or is it something that, you know, are you only eating like a thousand, 1200 calories a day, you know, enough for like a toddler to eat? Then, then of course, you know, when you finally do get your hands on something, no matter, even if it is a quote unquote good food or healthy food, whatever you want to call it, it's, you're still probably going to overeat because you're so freaking hungry that you finally get your hands on some food. So First thing I would say is look at if you are restricting yourself, are you looking at foods as, you know, good or bad? Are you looking at them? You know, I can't have certain foods. If that's the case, we really need to look at that first. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I, I see that all the time is I'm eating 1200 calories and you might be eating 1200 calories like Monday through yeah. Thursday, but then that hunger builds up and the weekend comes and you have a little bit less structure. You get invited out with some friends and you're like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. And then you just go all in and you're like, oh, fuck it. Well, I already went over my calories. I'm just going to start again on Monday. And then you're like, well, I'm eating 1200 calories. Why am I not losing weight? But in reality, you're eating 1200 calories 
Monday through Thursday, and then Friday through Saturday, you're eating 3,000 calories. So you're taking yourself out of a deficit, so you're not losing weight, and you might even be putting yourself into a slight surplus, so you're gaining weight, and you're like, ah, nothing works for me. But in all reality, if you just didn't restrict so much during the week, you would be able to stick to your deficit more consistently. And consistency is the key for fat loss. Yeah, and and that's something where, you know, and I actually had this conversation on a coaching call with one of my uh, clients this week where, you know, he, he said that normally he... Um, was he was gaining weight prior to joining our program and anyway, of course he came to me for fat loss and he stopped gaining weight but now he's just been kind of maintaining so we had the conversation of like you know yes you may feel like you're doing everything right and you may be you may be doing a lot of the right things and so it's i never want to like point blame or point fingers at people making them feel like you know they're you know it's because you're doing something wrong a lot of times you don't even know what you're doing wrong. So this is where we're going to start creating some awareness. So we talked about different ways of creating awareness, you know, whether it's tracking or just like watching what kind of foods we're eating, when we're eating, how we're eating, behaviors, emotions tied to the eating and all these other things like liquid calories and all the other things that go along with this. We need to look a little bit deeper into why this is happening and kind of figure out where this is coming from. And this is one thing we talked on the last podcast about like the differences between us and stuff like that. And some of the clientele I work with come from an under eating background and one really cool thing that happens and, and you'll see me post about it's like, oh, this person ate 600 more calories and is losing weight. And it's not because I'm a, I'm a wizard or I'm doing anything special <laughs> or, or they're having a magic pill. Really what it comes down to is they were trying to restrict, restrict, restrict so much. They weren't eating very many calories throughout the day and then they'd have a binge. And all we did was increased calories and they were able to stay more consistent with that because that hunger didn't build up. You didn't have that binge episode. You were just consistently at 1800 calories, which puts you in a deficit instead of trying to force yourself into this ultra low calorie diet, a thousand calories or less, 1200 or less. And they're like, holy shit, you're a wizard. And I'm like, damn, I wish I was Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I, you know, and I really love that you brought that up because I feel like, and I don't mean to hurt any feelings for other coaches. Oh, I do. There. I mean to hurt some feelings here. And this is the difference again. Uh, okay, the Enneagrams <laughs> that we talked about last week, Chase, like, oh, I'm, I'm not trying to hurt feelings. Fuck that. I'm trying to hurt some feelings. If you're trying to sell these people that like you're this magic wizard that like you do something special that anyone else doesn't do, like, come on, let's, let's really take a step back here and look at why this is happening. And you know what? It might hurt my sales as a business owner, but I would rather be honest about like, you know what? I'm not doing anything special to your metabolism. I'm not revving your metabolism. All we're doing is building consistency. We're sticking to the basic stuff and working through some of the stuff that we talk about with our inner game stuff. And like you start to fix that and fat loss becomes a symptom of building these healthier habits. Yeah, and exactly. And, and that's kind of where I was going to, going, to go, going to go with that is basically guys like... If you are not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. Like that's what I think a lot of people, they say, oh, oh I was eating 1200 calories a day and I could never lose weight. Wait, will you say that one more time, just a little bit slower so everyone can hear that? People say they are, they're eating 1200 calories a day and they're not, not losing weight, but that's not the case. If you're not losing weight, you are not in a calorie deficit. No diet is special or magic pills or any of this bullshit. Mic drop. <laughs> all diets work by creating a calorie deficit directly or indirectly yes exactly so all that to say is guys like if, if we're not in a calorie deficit we're not gonna lose weight if you're not losing weight you're not in a calorie deficit so we need to figure out how can we increase adherence and a lot of times that is giving you a little more calories so you don't feel like you have to have these binge days 
Yeah. You, you feel way less restricted. And when you feel restricted, psychologically, you're like, I want to rebel. I want to go out and do this because I just feel so restricted. We're human. We don't like to feel restricted. Yeah, exactly. So, so what are, what are some other reasons that you see binge eating? Um, I think another really, really big one that I don't, it's not a very sexy topic to talk about, but it's based in your identity. So you are identifying as a binge eater. It's who you are. It's what you are. It's what you do. It's who you are. You tell yourself, I'm just a binge eater. This is what I do. This is my life. I struggle with this all the time. And subconsciously, that's who you're going to show, show up for yourself as, is this person who is a binge eater. And that's just going to keep showing up in your life. So if you start to go against that identity that you have, you start to go a while without binging. Well, your subconscious will be like, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes here. That's not who you are. Remember, you tell yourself this and you think these thoughts all the time that you're a binge eater. Well, we have to show you that you are that person and that's who you're going to show up. That old identity is going to come trip you up and that's self-sabotage. That's the binge. Yeah. And, and that's definitely a really hard one. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and, and one of the first things they say is I'm a binge eater. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a binger and I'm like, all right, hold on, pump the brakes here for a second because you're already identifying that's who you are. Like it's binge binging is something you do. It's not who you are. And so if you constantly tell yourself, I am a binger, I am a binge eater and you're labeling yourself as that person, of course you're going to continue to show up like that for yourself. So you have to work through just the, even the ways how you talk to yourself and label it. And even comes down to like, I have this conversation a lot with a lot of clients or even people just, you know, talk on the phone about, are you actually binging or are you just overeating? I feel like that's one thing that doesn't get talked about enough is a lot of people, it's, it's so easy for us to label like, Yeah, I struggle with binge eating. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like I started talking to them a little bit more, like, what do you mean you're binge eating? And they're like, oh, you know, I, I just get upset and I, you know, I have a bad day at work. So I come home and I'm just like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to have a you know, pint of ice cream. It, that's not always binge eating. Like that can be just, you know, you're consciously making the decision like, hey, I'm just going to eat like an I asshole I feel like tonight. the binge eating as a term is thrown around a lot. Um, and now if we look at like DSM five binge eating, like Mm -hmm. that is a much different, uh, definition that I think a lot of us give. We all know what we talk about when we're talking about binge eating, but I think you're right there. Um, it's just easy. We want to have a label for everything. Yeah. We want to be able to label ourselves as something, but it becomes your thoughts and your, your words to yourself really do play a part into your subconscious actions. And so much of our activity on a daily basis is subconscious that you're just going to continue to show up for yourself that way. And changing your identity is a bitch. It's hard. It's Mm going to take time and you're going to trip up changing your identity, but it's constantly proving to yourself that you are this identity paired with the thoughts and actions and words that you say to yourself. Yeah, that's... And that's one of those things where that's going to take a little bit of time. Like, and I feel it's like so unsexy. <laughs> like that's not those. I want to shift pounds. my identity. <laughs> yeah, that's not twenty pounds in in twenty days. That's we're gonna take six months and we're gonna change your identity. But at the end of this six months, you're no longer gonna struggle with binge eating. You're no longer gonna identify as that person. You're no longer gonna self sabotage. But at the end of that six months in twenty pounds, twenty days, you're probably gonna gain twenty more pounds back. But it sounds really cool to start with. Yeah. 
And another one, another one that I see a, a lot with, and this is honestly where I know I struggle with myself with my own binge eating journey. And I'm not going to really hit on that because I know I've talked about that enough in like social media and such, but, um, the emotional side of, you know, emotional eating, um, a lot of times we turn to food as a coping mechanism, right? Like, you know, it's, and it's because I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of our culture nowadays is so tied in food, right? Like everything we do, you go to the tailgate, you're having some wings and beer and pizza. You go to, you know, the, the holidays, birthdays, everything, even like the funerals. Like I, we, we always, we even, I joked about with um, some, uh, my family, like, you know, my, my dad's side of the family is a Catholic family. And um, it was so funny. Like they throw down, they have some big old parties for, for even like the funerals and such. Like when my grandparents passed away, like we did nothing but eat for like five days straight. Um, just like endless parties and such. And like, you know, we're celebrating life and such. And it's, it's, it's just amazing to me, like for every single thing out there, like we have some sort of like food tied to it. Like, yeah, you, the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, look, a, a sports game has now turned into like more about, Hey, what are you bringing to the game? Yeah. Like that's what it's more about. So I just want to kind of preface that. With the so, yeah, I mean, it was the Rihanna concert. Yes, it was okay. around a concert yeah. and the commercials. <laughs> Although the commercials were not that impressive this year. Oh, they were. Um, but they've gotten worse. <laughs> but I will say that um, you know I want to I want to bring that up because I think that explains a lot of why we do struggle with the binge eating now um, with emotional eating because a lot of us find that we are turning to food as a coping mechanism, a band aid. It's where we have comfort. It's what we know. Like you know how you know it's that dopamine hit. Where if you have a really that's bad, it. yeah, if you have a really bad day at work, I mean, I uh, that's where I struggled a lot when I would get off work and I'd head home and I'd literally just crush a pack of Oreos well, or this ice is, cream. This or, is where I get deep, deep into my tangents on on stuff, and it's like it's so fucked up because this is what food companies have done to us because 100%. they've created these hyper palatable, dopamine hitting foods that like leave you wanting more mm -hmm. you're not addicted to them but you want more because they taste good they give you that sensation they give you that like oh shit okay i feel good i i, I get that emotion that i'm looking for and i don't have to deal with that hard scary emotion yeah and there's actually something that um mike milner brought up on my podcast when i had him on a while back where he talked about that dopamine hit that we all look for and he brought up a very good point it's not even like you never really like you get that hit that hit of dopamine when you take like the you eat the one oreo but you're like, damn, that was really good. I want that again. Yeah. And so you chase that, you chase that next level of dopamine and you never really get that satisfied, you know, enough dopamine. So you keep chasing that one more, one more bite, one more cookie. And I think it also becomes like, it's, it's almost by you taking action and doing that, eating that food. It's a distraction from the emotion that you're feeling. You're not going to feel sad, upset anxious, whatever feeling you have while you're eating those cookies because you're focused on eating those cookies and those cookies tasting good. You're focused on the action of those cookies. So you're not dealing with that emotion. And that's where it ties back to. You have to find a way to start dealing with your emotions. Therapy's cool. Therapy's real cool, guys. Guys, I, I, I love therapy, honestly, now. Like, I, I mean, as you know, I've been going to therapy now for, gosh, close to two months now. Um, and I actually just started to um, increase the going weekly. And it's been life-changing. Like, it really has been. Like, it's been great to just, like, talk through some of those things. and Because um, we are so used to just turning to food to numb that. And, like, since since when did it become 
not okay to have feelings and okay not to express your feelings. Well, and I think it comes down to a lot like as a society, we have this, these are my conspiracies. Not as a as a society, we, we become so like quick hit, like short lived. We want this stuff right now. This really quick stuff, like TikTok. Your intention oh span gosh. is is thirty seconds, sixty seconds max. Like if it doesn't hit you in the first five seconds, you're scrolling not even the next that. one. Like I mean, like you know, we we you know, and just this is kind of like just like a business side, guys. Like we're told, like when we're creating these videos for you guys, like we have like two to three seconds to catch your attention, or you're going to scroll to the next one. And this is why I hate short form content. Fuck social media. <laughs> Hashtag listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, stop. <laughs> scrolling on tiktok and instagram for your your fucking fitness stuff like read our blogs the insert our our podcast like that's the shit that's actually going to get you to your goal but like five hacks to lose your first five pounds like okay sure yeah, yeah. fat loss is more than a calorie deficit check out the blog it was sick <laughs> but I, I, we become this society that's like we want that quick rush real right now and like we don't want to deal with those emotions so like let's let's distract ourselves with something else like distraction has become such a prominent thing in our society and it, it turns into emotional eating which is leading to your binge yeah i i always love um this analogy that um our friend jared talks about a lot and it just it, it always just sticks with me and when, and I, when i bring it up the clients like they 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 I I know where you're going with yeah, this yeah they they love it because it yeah. it's and it resonates so like when you look at it this way it makes so much sense but like imagine if your little son jimmy um, um, was, you know, you know, he, he had this dog and the dog got you know hit by a car and dies and little Jimmy comes inside and tells you about it. And you're like, little Jimmy, go shut up, go stand in the corner, eat those, eat the Oreos. You'll be fine. No, you're going to say, come here. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Give let's me a big hug. Yeah. Let's work through this. It's okay. Cry it out. Let's talk about it. I know this is really tough. We'll get through this together. But you allow yourself to not deal with those emotions and be like, oh, I'm cracking open that bag of chips and that thing is gone. Yeah. And, and I will not feel sad anymore. Yeah. And, and, but guys, like, think about it. Like, even if you are getting that instant dopamine hit, like, yeah, you are, you are, you're going to get that dopamine hit and you're going to feel great in the moment. It's just like fad diets. You will create the result you're looking for in the short term, but long term, those emotions are going to build up and build up and build up, and it's only going to get worse and lead to something, a bigger binge down the road or something worse down the road. Yeah, exactly. So like learn to work through those emotions, whether that is, you know, through journaling, meditation, breath work, talking it out, uh, get out, go for a walk, exercise, uh, therapy. Like, you know, there's a ton of other different ways to help cope with that stress that you're currently going through other than turning to food. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. And kind of the next one that, that I really look at, and I know this is where we, we slightly differed a little bit. Um, again, our, our themes throughout this whole thing are the exact same. Um, that's why we have a podcast together, but this is where I look at like the good and bad food mentality. And this is where I think of like the more like mental side mentality side of things. And like when you start to view things, cause even if you are not restricting yourself necessarily as far as like calories, but you're telling yourself like, I can only eat clean. I can only eat healthy. That's where you start to lose the ability to deal with being presented with that food that you're calling bad. You start to give morality to that food. You start to give power to that food. Then when you're presented with that situation of like, 
oh my God, donuts are so bad for you. Like I can't have donuts because I'm healthy. And like you're presented with that and then it just starts to creep in your mind like all I want is that donut. Like the one that's in the break room just sounds so good right now. And you fight it and fight it while you're eating your sad salad. I made a post about that earlier and <laughs> I thought I was the funniest person in the world. But that's a story for another day. Um, and you, you think about that all day and like then you have that donut and then you're like, oh my gosh, I did something bad. I'm bad. I ate that bad food. And like, well, since I, I already ate the bad food, I'm not going to eat it again um, for a while because it's bad. Then you're like, well, I might as well have two or three donuts. And the next thing you know, you're like, well, fuck it. I already, I already messed up. Like I'm hitting Taco Bell on the way home. I'm eating the pint of ice cream in the freezer. Like, and you just go all in and then it's all started again on Monday. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, by the way, favorite donut. Oh God. Uh, so this is actually a very, very specific. It is from Yoder's in Centerville, Michigan. It's an Amish store ah. and it's their long John, um, vanilla filled vanilla cream filled. It is chef's kiss did i try that one i know you took me to that place but i don't think they had that i don't i don't remember honestly anything from there is good if you ever pass through centerville michigan go to yoder's they have the best food it literally is (laughs) somehow it's the capital of st joe county but like whatever i don't understand any of that stuff local government's stupid but (laughs) government is in general stupid but oh my gosh whole nother debate that's our lifestyle podcast (laughs) um but that place has the best food of all time I'm going to go with a good old Boston cream donut. See, that that used to be my answer, but these, I just, the vanilla fill, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> awesome. I, I think, I think you know, we definitely have touched a lot about on the binge eating thing, so I just want to make sure like we totally address your um, question, and this was an anonymous question, so I don't know who answered this for a little more context, and so again, like if we're not clearly I, I, um, answering your question, feel free to reach out to one, one of us, and we can probably get a little more into detail, figure out what your exact problem is, but and those are some like we went through some like the tips and methods to help get you through that. And if and if that is the only thing holding you back, like then we need you to address that problem. Yeah. We can't just continue to put, glaze over it and act like it's not a big issue and that it's just going to go away. Like that is a part of your foundation, which is something that Brev and I talk about a lot. Is if you don't have your foundation in line yet, no matter how how big and fancy your house is that you build on that foundation, it's all going to come crumbling down. So we have to address that first. Yeah, and this is where where we talk about like. Yes, you need a calorie deficit to lose weight, but if that's all you're focusing on is a calorie deficit, you're going to continue to struggle with weight loss because there is so much more that goes into it. If you're struggling with binge eating, going into a calorie deficit and trying to to chase fat loss is only going to make fat loss harder and move further away from you because you're going to lean more into that binge eating. So you have to fix the binge eating first. You have to first find awareness around where you're struggling and you'll probably find yourself in more than one of those categories that we talked about and you need to start address those things. Work on your relationship with food and binge eating first and fat loss becomes so much easier after that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's dive into question two. And honestly, we, we were hoping to get through three questions today, but we're, we're going to be coming up close soon on a half hour. So, I, but I think the second question would be actually good to tie into this um, first question and it'll help us kind of like, you know, pull it all together. Uh, someone asked, how can I get over my sugar addiction? Robin, I'll let you take this one from um, the start. Identity. Yeah. I, you're not addicted to sugar. I, and I don't mean any offense to this. I don't mean to, uh, to put you down or to make you feel bad, but that is something that to to me when someone tells me that the first thing i'm going to look at is you have an identity issue identity is the reason that you're struggling with fat loss you're telling yourself and this is the story that you're giving yourself and this is who you're going to show up as this is your reason 
to continue to eat those foods that have sugar. And I want to preface this with saying that sugar is not inherently bad. Sugar is not inherently going to make you fat. Yes. It's carbs. Yeah. There's sugar in fruit. So like if you're addicted to fruit, vegetables. fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if you're addicted to that, then hell yes. Be addicted to fruit. But people love to demonize. Just like people love short, quick fixes, that dopamine rush, people love to demonize and to say, well, that's the reason you're struggling. That's it. If it's sugar, it's carbs, it's fats, it's protein. I mean, you can read, you can find something in any of the, the literature on fucking Google that's going to say, well, that's the reason. That's what it is right there. And you're going to cling to that because that's what you're looking for, that confirmation bias. But sugar is not inherently bad for you. Yes, it can be easier to overconsume in hyper palatable, highly processed foods. And if that's what you're struggling with, then we need to talk about that. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point there as far as like the highly palatable foods and highly processed foods, because I, when someone tells me they're addicted to sugar, I'm like, all right, cool. So can you tell me the last time that you took a bag of sugar and literally started eating spoonfuls of sugar out of the bag? And they're like, uh, I've never done that. I'm like, okay, so Obviously, it's not the sugar itself that you are addicted to. It's the combination of sugars, carbs, fats, all those things put together into that yummy donut that we well, talked about and earlier. And this is one of, the, one of the reasons that I look at we love to label ourselves because a true addict is going to sell their fucking mother to get one more hit. They're going to sell their firstborn child to get one more hit. <laughs> You're not doing that. You just crave it and you want it. And that probably comes down to your restrictive mindset. You're either restricting your calories so much. You're like, oh my God, that hyper palatable food that I know gives me that rush is going to feel so good right now. Or you're like, damn, chocolate bars are terrible. They're bad for you. Chocolate bars or donuts or whatever food is going to make you really fat. And like, that's just not it. That's not, that's not the case. So unless you are in that, that situation where like, yep, no, I'm going to sell my kid to get one more hit of chocolate, which reminds me of SpongeBob, chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unless you're, unless that's the situation you're in, you're not truly addicted to sugar. That is the identity that you're living. So we need to start to change your language, your thoughts and your actions to reinforce this new identity of you're not addicted to, um, to sugar. Yeah. And and another thing I always take to look at too, is like when it comes to like relationship with food and, and sugar specifically is like, you know, how are you talking about the your sugar to yourself? And like, are you allowing yourself to have any of those things? And you may say, well, like Chase, you know, I, I can't keep those things in my house. And, and I get that. So like, let's address, I also kind of want to break down, like, I like to look at it as like levels of control and like first identifying where your relationship with food is at and then figuring out where you need to be at. I think this is a great topic. So, so like, you know, person, the, at the highest degree may you can't ever buy donuts. Let's just keep up with the donuts rule. Let's say you can't actually, let's say chips. That's what, that'll help with my example a little bit later on. Let's say you say you can't ever have chips and, and this can go for anything really sugar, candies, whatever it may be. But let's say you say chips and chips is your bad go-to food. Like that's your trigger food that you feel like every time you get one, you're going to have the entire family size bag. So number one, somebody, maybe you won't be able to have it in your house at all. Like you can't have it right now where you're currently at with your relationship with food. You just can't have it at all. And that's okay. Like I think, you know, I know there's some coaches that say like, oh, you can't ever restrict yourself from any foods. And I'm like, I get that. There's a time and a place. But in the very beginning, if you are so attached to a food where you literally cannot have it near you without overindulging every single time, like you have 
at some point, like we have to like, okay, like let's just take that out of our diet for now. And this is one of those like, it depends questions. Yes. It's very individual. And this is where I really, you know, this is something to where I am very intensive with my clients when we go through something like this. Like we cannot just say, oh, no more chips forever. No, like we're going to set a specific guideline to like how we're going to slowly reintroduce those things into our diet. And so, you know, versus maybe not having them all. Then maybe every time you want chips, you have to, maybe you start ordering them out when you're out places. Maybe you go to a sandwich shop with a friend and you get one of those small servings of chips on the side. Cool. That's how, then you only get it when you're out, when you're eating. Then maybe it's going to get the small portion size bags out at the, at the gas station. Like if you, like if we're sitting here and I'm like, Hey, I really want some Lay's potato chips. Cool. I'm going to have to go to the gas station down the road, whatever it is, and buy a single serving bag of that. And then, you know, maybe it's then we start buying, you know, the bigger bags, but we have to break them up into smaller portions before we eat them. Yeah. Put them on your plate. Yeah. Or even like a step ahead of that. It's like maybe you, as soon as you buy the bag, you buy a little Ziploc bag and you individualize the portions. That way it has something that cuts you off rather than just relying on yourself to be able to control yourself with a family sized bag of chips. And I think this also brings into the conversation of like, how bad do you want it? How much are you willing to make a change and make a sacrifice or are you going to continue to let this be a crutch for you? Now, you're not saying you have to eliminate chips out of your diet forever. Mm -hmm. You're saying let's take the steps to prove to yourself that you don't need those. And chips is a fantastic example because chips is something that I don't buy. Yeah, I don't keep chips in the house because I've built enough awareness around my struggles with binge eating that I know I'm not going to have those in the house and tempt myself. I'm going to really, really make failing hard. Yeah. And I'm going to make winning, which for me is not binging. I'm going to make that really fucking easy by not tempting myself with that stuff in the house. Now, Every time we go get Mexican food, I'm eating those chips because they're fucking awesome. Yeah, they are. If we go out and I'm like, gosh, I really, really want some chips. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive to the gas station. I'm going to get a single serving and I'm going to have them. They're not restricted out of my life even a little bit, but I'm not going to sit there and tempt fate. I'm not going to put myself in a situation to lose. And I think yeah. that's what so many people do is they set, they don't think about how we can set ourselves up for winning or they kind of think of inversely, how do we set ourselves up to make failing really hard? Yeah, I, I love that. I've heard that before that I really like that because it, we have to set ourselves up for success, but also not to fail as well. And like, and I think if a lot more people like looked at those little things in the day to day to be able to figure out what's going to make things easier, what's going to make things harder to fail. And you start implementing those things into your routine, you're going to make it a lot easier on yourself. Fat loss becomes a symptom of your habits. Stop chasing fat loss and start to chase habits. Once you start to change your habits, you start to make habits that are going to lead you to that healthier lifestyle, move the needle towards that healthier lifestyle, that you that you want to become, that new identity, then fat loss becomes a symptom of those habits. Yep. I love that. Awesome. Well, man, I think we've, I think we've talked about a lot. Anything else you want to add? No, we hit that 30 minutes real quick. Yeah, we did. And we have a great question. I'm going to leave you guys on a really good cliffhanger here because that way you have to come back next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to lose weight without tracking calories. Oh, that's a good one. That was our third question we were going to be diving into, but I'm going to save that one until next week. Yeah, we talked a little bit too much, but I think binge eating is something that we both really care about, something that we both 
with our past, like that's something we're both really passionate about. So like we could, we could talk about binge eating for an hour. Yeah. Awesome. This is a great conversation, but we will talk to you guys next week. See you on the next episode. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast.